Hey, welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. And today, we'll be talking about the power of self-talk and developing yours. So, the person who you spend the most time with is yourself. So, it's vital that you first treat yourself well through having the right self-talk. And if we remember that your thoughts and your words have so much power that they affect how you feel. And how you feel affects how you behave. Your behaviors are what determine your future. So to give yourself a better advantage, develop the right self-talk that works for you. It enhances your overall well-being. That includes your physical and mental health and gives you a higher satisfaction in your life. It's a, a coping tool that can help you in difficult times so you can be your best. And the goal of self-talk is to reinforce the greatness within you. The things that you hear the most is what you ultimately believe that makes up your reality. What will yours be? Do you want to build yourself up so you can act with conviction instead of being dragged down by hesitancy? If you're unaware of your self-talk, you're more likely to default to that negativity that is built into your brain to keep you safe. So let's first start off by defining what self-talk is. And this is your inner voice. The things that you tell yourself on a repeated and daily basis. So from the moment you wake up to the moment you fall asleep and everything in between are the messages that you tell yourself. This includes the highs and lows that you experience throughout your day and, and what you choose to reinforce. This could be saying things like, Today's going to be a great day because I choose to enjoy life and will persevere in the face of adversity. Or it could be telling yourself, you know what? Today's going to be miserable because of all the things that lie ahead of me. And whatever it is you choose to tell yourself is what sets the tone for your everyday life. And the things that you repeat to yourself the most are the things that will stick with you and eventually will become ingrained. So you must be careful in the things that you tell yourself. There's no need to put a bigger burden on yourself by being overly critical or self-defeating. When you can develop and ingrain the proper self-talk to work for you, the less dependent you become on needing the belief from others to validate if you can truly do something. It really just fosters the greater belief within yourself that allow you to move forward with what you envision. If you think about the confidence and belief that others put in you, it's a great starting point to build yourself up because they act almost like training wheels when you first learn how to ride a bike. But then after a while, you start to gain confidence that you can stabilize yourself to the point where, you know, you can take these training wheels off because now you have a greater belief within yourself that you can ride without falling. And somewhere along the line, when you're riding with your training wheels, You'll tell yourself, I can ride without them. And this is the start of you doing things on your own. So with enough confidence within yourself is why you take any action. We all have an extraordinary amount of potential, but it requires a lot of work to access it. And because of this, many people are not going to want to to live up to that potential. So when this is the case and things don't come easy, there's going to be a tendency to go another route to find the, the path of least resistance 
and in doing so you might think you do not have the potential to do great things. But that is wrong. For some, their natural talents and abilities come out a lot sooner and maybe with a lot less difficulty. Just because others have arrived at what you haven't does not mean you're not up to par. It just means you need to work at it until you start to tap into all those great abilities that lie within you. And to be honest with you, when it comes to talent, it's not as impressive as the things that you build yourself towards. You know, talents to me are less impressive because it is something that has been given to you. You know, it was a gift. What you work towards and actually achieve with little to no talent is far more impressive because it requires a high level of determination and perseverance that you've developed. There are many things outside of your control and you don't determine how tall you are or how talented you are, but you do determine how much you're willing to develop yourself to use your strengths to your advantages and manage your weaknesses to not be a liability. And in a case like this, I come to think about how much more impressive the superhero Batman is over Superman simply because Superman has all these, you know, superpowers that were given to him. Batman does not have the ability to fly or, or, or have the superhuman strength that Superman does, but he has the ability to use his mind and, and obviously his finances to develop the tools that empower him to be the hero that, that we know of. He has the ability to learn and adapt while still being vulnerable as a human, you know, he, he can be crushed at any moment. And I think for me, that's why he's so much more impressive. He's willing to do these really risky things and does not have the same level of protection that Superman does. So how this relates to developing the right self-talk is that despite the shortcomings and limitations that you currently might see, Talk to yourself into bettering your attitude, bettering your behaviors, and ultimately bettering your actions that allow you to achieve great things. While each one of our talents and natural abilities vary, we all have the ability to strengthen our determination and perseverance simply by choosing to forge ahead when things get harder. When your initial reaction is to stop and find something easier. I really like how Bruce Lee puts it where he says, the successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus. And to me, this just signifies that we do not need to have all these outstanding talents to achieve great things. But if we focus enough of our energy into bettering ourselves, our futures can be amazing. So begin by determining what self-talk you have and determine if it's helping or hurting you. Referring to yourself with words such as stupid, dumb, idiot, fat, slow, not enough, ridiculous, or even the word can't need to be eliminated immediately. They do you no good. While it might seem that negativity can motivate you to be better, it's actually just eroding your self-worth. It might push you to reach a goal, but it's going to condition you to tie your self-worth to a certain outcome. So let's say you want to lose weight because you tell yourself you're fat and nobody will love anyone who is. So this is conditional if you reach a certain metric. This makes you value yourself on a conditional basis that if you meet a certain criteria, then you're worthy based on it. 
And this will trickle down into every area of your life, constantly needing to achieve something to prove that you're enough. It is self-defeating because no matter what you accomplish, you will always be trying to fill that void that you ultimately created through the things you tell yourself. The outward world might see you as a big success, but the internal struggle will make you wonder why, because it will be hard for you to see the things that truly make you great. Greatness is not something that is gained on an outward basis, but it's an internal revelation that comes through discovering yourself. And discovering yourself comes through accepting who you are and building yourself up to constantly be your best version. It is knowing that you are enough without any external rewards. The external things are limited to how much happiness it can bring you, but the internal gratification is limitless. So to create this, develop the self-talk by replacing those self-defeating words with the simple phrase, I am making progress. This indicates you're not there yet, but you're constantly moving forward. And if you think about it, we are all a work in progress. Not one of us is a complete version of ourselves. And this is something that we should all embrace. That means that the best of you is still yet to come. What a concept that just invokes hope because it means that today is better than yesterday. Tomorrow is better than today. And the potential for the future is immense. This brings a level of excitement that can cause you to go at life with a tenacity that makes you truly feel alive. That you're seizing opportunities that you create for yourself. While it might not seem like that on a day-to-day -day basis because maybe you're focused on the daily scorecard that you're constantly measuring. Over time, you'll realize your life is meant to have valleys so you can truly cherish and enjoy the peaks. Sometimes making progress involves taking a few steps back to see the bigger picture. And when you're able to focus on getting better, you ultimately decide to live empowered that gives you so many different avenues in life. The hard part will be deciding which route to take, what a position to work yourself into. And as you start to develop the right self-talk, refer to yourself in the second or third person to help give yourself some distance to think more objectively about your emotions and your response. This is going to help to reduce the stress and anxiety that you might be feeling. So the second person point of view replaces I or me with you. And this allows you to step away from the first person point of view. So instead of saying, I'm not doing well today, it becomes, you are not doing well today. The third person point of view replaces I with she, he, or they. And this gives you a lot more distance than being in the second person point of view. In the first person point of view, you are the narrator and you're right in the heat of battle. So you're more prone to being emotional and reactive. Because of this, impressions and descriptions are colored by your opinions, your mood, your past experiences, and even perceptions of what you see and hear. It makes you more biased of the things that you want to see and you want to hear that can exclude valuable information. In the first person point of view, you are more likely to find blame 
or excuses of why things didn't work out or when things work out, you're more likely to credit yourself for it. So it becomes all about the me syndrome where it seems like everything is revolving around me, that I am not succeeding because the world does not want me to, or I succeeded in spite of the world not wanting me to. But the second and the third person point of view gets you out of that state that allows you to recognize things for what they actually are. So if things didn't work out for you and you're in that second or third person point of view, it helps you to realize that what good does it do you to find blame for your shortcomings? And instead, it makes you focus on finding solutions. And this also helps you when things go your way, recognizing all the people that help to get you where you are. This helps to manage your ego from getting too big that can prevent a bigger and more painful downfall. For me, I like to use the second person point of view where I tell myself, Walter, you got to be better, focusing on the details to reduce the mistakes. Or I'll say, Walter, you did well because you were properly prepared. This helps me to remind myself of the work that needs to get done or of the work that was done that got me the results of what I was striving for. It's the right message that works for me that gets me to spring into action. Without this type of self-talk, I would probably be erratic, you know, just being on a roller coaster of emotions of when things go well, that I'm riding high. But when things go bad, I'm feeling just really down in the dumps. And this really does help me be a lot more even keeled. And I do feel that I become more objective that allows me to learn and grow and not just repeat the same behaviors that keep me stagnant. As you develop your self-talk, look to find the proper balance to not be too lenient with yourself and not to be too critical. You essentially want to be able to self-regulate to make sure you take action. So too far in either direction can cause inaction where it can hurt your confidence or the fuel is not big enough to light the fire to get you to move. So think about when you make a mistake, the default self-talk might be to say, that was stupid of me to have done that. What was I thinking? When this happens, your emotions can run wild that take you on a deep spiral downward that just crushes your spirit and can keep you there. Our greatest enemy many times is ourselves because we just implode with all these self-destructive thoughts. And if you actually stop to think about it, you know, just looking at it from a overhead perspective, I just kind of ask myself, how do we come to do this? Because rationally, it just does not make any sense to do it. For one, it just continuously digs a deeper hole that we must climb out of. And the deeper the hole, the more energy we have to, to use to exert ourselves just to get back to neutral. And the danger of digging yourself a deeper hole is when you look up, you might convince yourself it's not even worth climbing out of. And two, your motivation to respond to negativity becomes not to do things, not to fail, not to get better, just to be the same. And there's actually a fundamental difference in the word not, where you might tell yourself not to make a mistake 
only for you to make a mistake because your whole focus was to avoid. But if you tell yourself to do the best you can, your focus is diverted into actually giving your best effort and mistakes are no longer at the forefront. But if the self-talk is too lenient where you give yourself too much slack, it might sound something like, well, I didn't make a mistake, so it was other people's fault. And in this case, you will continuously coddle yourself where it makes you weaker mentally and it inflates your ego. And this type of self-talk can cause you to put people down to make yourself feel good. So instead of rising up to be better, you'll be hitting people at the kneecaps just to bring them down to make yourself look bigger. When this happens, people will come to resent you and move further away from you. You might be aware of it or you might not. But eventually, you'll end up by yourself, alone and longing for a support system. But with enough work to build that self-talk, it can be reframed as, I realize what I could have done better and will apply that going forward. These simple things can be the difference in you wanting to pursue something ambitious or you just settling for avoiding disappointment and avoiding discomfort. Finding that right gauge will be crucial so you can effectively know how to get yourself going. You can almost view it as baking a cake where you have all the right ingredients and following the directions correctly to make sure the cake comes out really well and and just tasty. Too far in either direction and the cake can become burnt or undercooked. So you got to find the right formula that works for you to get you going where you hold yourself accountable but not overly critical that it keeps you from taking any action. And since we understand that negative talks does us no good, you can speak to yourself in a positive manner or in a neutral manner. You know, when it comes to the positive self-talk, it's pretty straightforward where you tell yourself things such as, you can do this, you've prepared yourself to perform well, and this can be effective to building your confidence so you can move forward and act. But another route is actually speaking to yourself in a neutral manner, you know, where you tell yourself things in an objective way. This can help take away some of the emotion that can help you be a bit more calm. So instead of telling yourself, you can do this, reframe it by saying, to do this, you need to properly be prepared and execute in a calm manner. So you could perform effectively. Kind of like in baseball where they tell you to keep your eye on the ball. Which is going to help you hit the ball or catch it. This helps to lay out a plan so you can focus on the work that gets you to your destination. During the times where your emotions are running high. It helps keep it in check as you go through a series of facts to help you think things through. So say you're about to give a big presentation on a business proposal. And there's a chance you're going to be really excited to give your sales pitch to increase sales. And this excitement might be carried over into how fast you speak. And it might affect the delivery of the message where the people hearing you out might not get all that information that they need from you of what you really want to convey to them. Because your excitement is just running rapidly through the words that you're speaking. To help regulate that excitement, you can tell yourself to make sure to find the proper pace at which to speak 
that conveys your excitement, but also gives the audience the ability to process what they just heard. Or that big presentation might make you feel really anxious and nervous about how well you have to deliver the information. What gets many of us worked up is how the audience perceive us. But what if instead of focusing on how they perceive us, focus on delivering your speech? The more consumed with how well you get your message across, the less focused you are of what others think of you. And just tell yourself that if people show up for this big presentation, it's because they're interested in your business proposal. The fact is you drew an interest and people are willing to hear you out. If you focus on anything other than that, that is less energy diverted to the things within your control. This neutral talk can also work when things aren't turning out as you expect them to, particularly in a negative way. Let's say your performance is suffering in school, work, or even your business because you're making several mistakes. The natural reaction is to become angry, and the easy thing is to direct that anger in the form of blaming someone, blaming yourself, or blaming others for why your performance is declining. So you might say something like, I'm not performing well because I'm not good enough. Or it could be saying, I'm not performing well because others have distracted me from doing so. Blaming yourself makes things too overwhelming that keeps you down and damages the belief within yourself. Blaming others makes you look for excuses to deflect the responsibilities that you are ultimately carrying. And this is done to preserve your confidence within yourself. Either way, when you blame and look for excuses, you start to give up control that you ultimately always had. But to retain that control, you have to start looking at what you went through from a different perspective. So as you start to lay down the facts of what's going on, it's important to know the difference between an opinion and a fact. So an opinion in this case would be the mistakes are not your fault. Anything with a viewpoint involves an opinion. A fact in this case would be you're making several mistakes that results in your performance suffering. Anything that can be proven is a fact. The solution here would be to identify how to minimize those mistakes and your performance will improve. Many times emotions can get in the way of realizing this, which constantly keeps you repeating the same behaviors over and over again that lead to the same results. The neutrality helps you to take a step back from this and identify the problem so you can clearly see the solutions for it. As you begin to take this neutral self-talk with yourself, it's going to sting a little bit because you're trying to find ways to correct and better yourself. The second and third person point of view is going to give you some distance from that emotional sting that you would typically feel. It's almost like seeing things from the press box where you can see how the game plays out from the overhead point of view so you can see all the moving parts and see the bigger picture. So identify what you want to tell yourself. That way you have a plan of what you're going to say as opposed to just letting your default inner voice take over. When you give yourself enough time to think things through, you come up with some really great ideas. And too many times we're on a constant treadmill that keeps us just in reaction mode 
which makes it very difficult to get out of that cycle of not recognizing your own patterns. While you may want to have that right self-talk to build yourself up, it can get lost throughout your day as you move on from one thing to another, and it becomes a lot harder to regulate the thoughts you want to have. To help remember what you really want to tell yourself, have a few go-to phrases that you can always go back to without really having to think about it. It might even help you to write it out so it gets ingrained into your memory. I do this myself when things go wrong. And and actually in this case, it's not a go-to phrase, but it's a, a question where I'll tell myself, Walter, how are you going to respond? And this challenges me to stay composed and not get lost in the heat of battle. That question makes me think, Am I simply going to just react and let my emotions take over or am I going to think things through and have a response that is going to effectively help me get out of this? It helps me to take a little bit of a step back to see what solution is available to me and I'll respond accordingly. Or if I'm working towards a goal, the phrase I'll use is focus on the process not the results. This gets me thinking that by doing the work correctly, the results will come eventually. And this helps me to not get fixated on just producing results. And every morning, I actually make it a habit of challenging myself to be better in a manner that's enjoyable. Because each time that I strive to grow and learn, I come away more enlightened. So the first thing I I ask myself when I get up is, Walter, how are you going to grow today? And this gets me to take more initiative of where I'm taking my life. It gets me out of the, well, let's just see how things play out. Prior to me developing the self-talk that I now have today, I would just default to when things didn't go right, I would get upset with myself and be too overly critical. So this has really balanced me out to where I do not become discouraged and I can remain focused on improving myself. So once you identify the self-talk you want to have, begin to incorporate it immediately. Start off right away from the moment you wake up that gets you going. And it could be something as simple as saying, you're going to put your best effort forward today. Or to prepare yourself for the obstacles that await you. You might tell yourself you will overcome them through your sheer determination. And maybe to drive home the point further, you tell yourself these types of things as you look yourself in the mirror because eventually you'll start to see it, feel it, and then you'll truly believe it. The more you're able to repeat these things that you, you want to tell yourself, the more it's going to stick with you to the point where it's going to override that default mode of negativity and self-pity and wanting to give up. You have to be your biggest asset, so develop the proper self-talk so you can truly thrive. The power of what you tell yourself is so immense because it's going to dictate what you do and how you do it. Your life begins with the things that you tell yourself on a consistent basis. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. If you're interested in more related topics such as this, come join thrivingminds.live. All right. Until next time.